With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Weekside Podcast. I'm Jenny Brentis, and I'm here with Connor Orr. We have yet another Monday with news in the NFL. This news was expected since the Washington NFL team announced 10 days ago that it would be undergoing a thorough review of its team name. Today, Monday, they announced that while the review is not over, at the conclusion of the review, they will be retiring the Redskins name and logo and will announce a new one at a point in the future. Uh, they have said that they hope that the new name and design will enhance the standing of our proud, tradition-rich franchise and inspire our sponsors, fans, and community for the next 100 years. So... Um, a little bit of a strange release, Connor. First of all, the fact that they are announcing that there's a name change before the review is complete raises a lot of questions. What more is there to review? They could just say the review is complete and we will announce the name later. But clearly the the pressure from sponsors, corporate partners, minority owners continued to ramp up and they needed to say something. So this was their response. Also, it's notable that they continue to use the mascot and team name that they are changing and mention sponsors before fans and community at every turn. So a lot to unpack here and really gets to the, the crux of the situation right now, which is 
Nothing has changed. Native Americans have been calling for a team name. Again, it's a complex issue. Not every Native American feels the same way, but there have been uh, there's been a groundswell of voices, of strong voices, of activists, tribal leaders, uh, you know, social workers, people who work in schools who have spoken out against the team name and their voices have been ignored for decades. The first trademark suit against the Washington Redskins trademarks was in the 90s before Snyder even bought the team. And so these calls are not new, but what has changed is now the sponsors are being pressured on their own uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and this racial reckoning we're seeing in America, suddenly and belatedly being racist is bad for business. And so now we see corporations and companies acting and they are the ones that ultimately forced Snyder to make this decision. I think that the entire release was a a troll. Uh, I, I, I really do because I think that if you were a public relations professional, um, trying to help put this fire out, you would certainly not put sponsors before the Native American community or the fans in the order by which the people you're trying to pacify. You would not continue to use the the name and the logo. Um, you would not do any of these things. But I feel like this is Daniel Snyder's way of saying, I'm doing what you're telling me to do but not because I want to. You know what I mean? You know, he has notoriously had his hands in all aspects of of the pot in Washington, and this smacks of, yeah, I'm going to rewrite this to make it look like, you know, I'm unhappy about it. And, uh, you know, clearly he is, or else he would have changed it years ago. But the entire thing just looks ridiculous. It was tweeted from the account. Their official Twitter account is at the word that they're trying to change. And it's like... You know, whatever. This whole thing is just farcical. But I thought that you had a great column uh, in the MMQB today that really got to the heart of this, which is that, right, it's not about doing the right thing. It's about doing it for money. And I think that this was a pretty naked, um, another naked example from uh, from Snyder. And I thought you uh, you put that really well. Yeah, it's the right decision for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we were trying to get at a couple of weeks ago when we were discussing this, or, or a couple of days ago, I guess, on the pod that we were discussing this. It it feels icky because there's this uh, long history of the team not even being willing to listen to Native Americans who wanted the name change, to not even be willing to consider that perspective. And so for them to suddenly say we're changing the name is a good outcome, but there's no effort, as you said, Connor, there's no effort in this release to say we've heard, we listened, we were wrong not to listen, or you know, we are going to do X, Y, and Z in the future. I mean, they created a foundation that was supposed to give to Native American communities. That foundation petered out. Uh, Once the trademark challenge court battle was dismissed in the team's favor, they seemed to abandon their push to uh, reach out to Native American communities around the same time. They spent $800,000 in lobbying since 2014 to change the name 
money that, or to, excuse me, to keep the name, to prevent efforts to change the name, money that could have been given to Native American communities or used for any number of other purposes. So it's uh, it's just a, a long track record of ignoring, 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 and then finally being pushed to the point of doing the right thing because the bottom line says it, which is what people have expected all along. You know, I thought... I talked to Amanda Blackhorse, who was the lead plaintiff in the latest challenge to the the Washington team's trademarks, which, you know, we talked about that kind of being the backdrop of the previous push to change the name. And the way she put it, this was one day before FedEx spoke up and two days before the team announced that it was undergoing a thorough review. She said Snyder, uh, she said he, Snyder, is kind of like George Preston Marshall, who refused and was eventually forced by law to integrate his team. I think someone's going to have to make him to do it. So she was right, as she was in 2014 and as all of the Native American voices over the last few decades have been. Yeah, and and it just leaves you like wondering, you know, okay, I mean, we're going to then soon hit a point where um, we get all these new options for names or we hear the name. Apparently they have a name, but there's, I think the Sports Business Journal or Sports Business Daily reported that there is a trademark issue that someone has been sitting on a lot of these names, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And there is a battle on, you know, how to get those names back and how to use them for the football franchise. I'm assuming this person just wants a payout of some kind uh, to relinquish the trademark. But, I, you know, we're going to be made to feel happy and excited about this new thing. And, you know, really, it's just, you know, We've said it before. It's just it, it, none of it feels right, but you have to take it with a grain of salt and say at least something made it happen. You know, the fact that there are a bunch of places that are at least forcing the hands of these owners and uh, whatever, CEOs, all these things is a positive in itself, right? I mean, that is a reflection of grassroots change and energy. And so I think that's the one thing you have to look at and say, that was pretty cool. You know, as as uncool as what Daniel Snyder is doing, at least it's cool that you can you can literally see the, the chain reaction of events working its way up to kind of the most powerful places in, in America, you know? Yeah, and while the voices of Native Americans have been discounted through the years on this issue in particular, well, as well as many other issues, uh, th- they had raised awareness of this. There were two long trademark battles, years long, right? And the people who were participating in those battles sacrificed their their life, their feelings of safety. They faced a lot of scrutiny. And they did so to push the issue to the forefront. And while that was not ultimately enough to change the name, it did make it so that when our country had this racial reckoning, that the Washington team name was front and center. And you had the trademark trial and appeal board having determined that the name was disparaging to Native Americans. So they had laid the foundation for this to be the push. And so I think their efforts really should be front and center in this conversation and while it was not the tipping point they were the ones that were fighting this fight for years with no payoff and so I hope they feel some sense of gratification that they got the outcome they wanted even if it came in a way that was icky you know in 2014 when there was this push to against the trademarks if if Snyder had changed it then he could have written a different story you know he had an opportunity then to say hey I've listened 
I'm wrong. I'm changing the name now. But he chose not to do it then. And so now we have to be accurate with how we represent this. He's being forced to do this now. And he shouldn't get credit for doing the right thing when being forced to do it. Like, uh, I'm glad that this is the outcome, but we have to represent it correctly and saying that it was done for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in the coming days and weeks, you know, here's hoping, you know, our, our world is so entirely polarized right now and i keep telling you know myself and you know i've talked to um some people who lived through the you know as kind of sentient adults lived through the the 50s 60s 70s you know and and while i'm not comparing the two time periods it's like maybe we all realize that like yes i mean there are these like real periods of intensity and change and you know everybody digs in and takes a side and then you know maybe five or ten years from now once the storm clouds kind of clear you say okay i get it i get why this name needs to be changed and i think the focusing now on why certain people aren't upset about it or why certain people don't care is is ultimately fruitless, right? I mean, you know, the people are either digging in for political purposes or because, you know, they have a belief that is just, you know, not square with where we're at as a society right now. And so, you know, you just, you, you look forward to the future when we can have a real conversation about it. But right now it's sort of, the whole thing is going to feel like, you know, uh, digging up a plant by its roots, you know, and the plant just doesn't want to come out of the ground. That's a good analogy, Connor. That's a good I've been, analogy. I've been, I've been, I've been digging out a lot of trees at my house. No, dead trees. I'm not okay. taking out. You know, I'm not taking out live trees. And so. you find that the roots were pretty deep. Very deep. Yeah. And but so, yet the like, tree still died. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's like some kind of meaning in there, perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really think about that before I said it. That's super deep, though. Yeah. Well, like the roots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 lots lots to discuss here on the on the Weekside podcast this morning, Connor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play before we get to our second uh, uh our second topic can i uh can i just tell you that uh, over the weekend we we got really excited on friday we were gonna we were going to say this is our two-year-old daughter it's gonna be your first movie night ever she's gonna watch her first movie and so we caved and we ordered disney plus and we got takeout and we got everybody comfortable on the couch and then uh disney plus doesn't work on my tv uh, oh, which no. is like my TV was made in 2015 and you need a TV that is made in 2016 or later. And then we Oh, tr- wow. Well, right? This is new information because neither of my TVs was made after 2015 and I believe one of them was made in like 2008. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not going to get Disney Plus. Right. And then, okay. Uh, um, so we were like, okay, we'll put it in the laptop and then we'll connect it via HDMI cable to the TV. Disney Plus somehow knows that's going on, and they and they shut that down too. They say no, no, can't do that. Got to buy a Roku, a Fire Stick, uh, some other one of these hundred dollar things in order to make the hundred dollar a year subscription service work. My goodness! So you know, it's just a very polar opposite version of a mega corporation just sticking it to the people. Just to stick okay, to the right, people. right. You're. Uh you're relating it back to the corporate <laughs> corporate pressures here. <laughs> but nothing to do with football, but uh, as we transition topics, I would just like to say that, you know, you know, wake up people, you know. You, you got to you got to take care of the little guy, you know. We're, yeah. we're you know, we wanted to watch The Little Mermaid and instead uh Evie's first movie was The Secret Life of Pets. So, okay. so it was well, on Netflix. Like a it was a good choice. movie. Yeah. yeah. It was a good movie. A lot of laughs. So Little Mermaid's not on Netflix. Okay, another example here. I yeah, because they yanked it all. You know, I they see. yanked all the intellectual property out. So now you can't you can't access the movies or anything like that. I was um, over the weekend was at my in laws' house and they still have all the big old cassette tapes. Yeah, um, which I apparently are worth those. a lot of money right now. Like you can sell them on eBay for like eighty or ninety bucks a tape. Oh, interesting. Okay, Fantasia, Thumbelina. Yeah, we have a Snow whole White. collection at home. We probably oh, yeah. have the Little Mermaid. I mean, we definitely have the Little Mermaid in one of those like puffy containers. Like, oh yeah, white. Yeah, we definitely for have sure. That. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know, but I just thought you'd like to know that I did not get to see Hamilton. Then I uh, still haven't seen. It. Have you seen Hamilton? I have not. No. Yeah. So we're out on Hamilton. You know, what are you going to do about it? Um, so the other thing that we wanted to get into, uh, which I thought was interesting this week was, you know, where would be a good place to see training camp? You and I were very lucky. You've done you've done the bus. Uh, I was at the MMQB post bus, so I did not get to do the bus. But you've been to probably, I don't know, would you say all of the, have you been to all, all 
all 32 no, teams practice? I have not. No. no? Pretty close? I don't know. The West Coast <clears throat> kind of gets a little... I never did the West Coast swing. Um mm. But most, maybe half or so. Yeah. We did the big, uh, Jenny and I's last training camp tour, we did a big East Coast swing, which is fly into Jacksonville one way, rent a car, and then drive our way home. And uh, we pinged like Atlanta, Jacksonville, oh, Carolina, um, where else did we go? Baltimore. There's one I'm missing. In we there, went right? to um, West Virginia for Texans, but yes. of course now all the teams are home this year. So yeah, I'm gonna miss the Greenbrier. I like yeah. the Greenbrier. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we were just discussing before we started taping where would be a good place to so be socially distanced while watching practice, and so we were kind of racking our brains through the sites that we visited, and some jump out as being really not conducive to socially distanced practice watching. One is yes. a team that we both covered as beat reporters. The Giants facility, I just think, would be very difficult because it's very tight quarters. Uh, of course, it makes sense. It's in a metropolitan area, but there's just like there's just fences, and it's you're sandwiched in. There aren't a lot of places to go, even when there aren't restrictions. So I just can't imagine that there would be a lot of uh, ability to spread out while watching practice there. I have these like recurring nightmares of especially covering Giants and Jets training camp, which is that the team always seemed, both teams always seemed to like enjoy the fact that they put the fans right on top of us. And I'm not saying that we're more important than the fans. I'm not saying that at all, but like immediately put us in conflict with every single person that was standing right behind you. And so you would always stand up to like take note of something or check to see if someone was there, check attendance at the beginning of practice. I can't see. I've been standing in line for six hours to watch and you know, and you just turn around and it's just this massive sweaty, humanity all just stuck together elbow to elbow and you're like man in in these times an absolutely horrifying vision right Mm -hmm. right yeah for those who don't know the giants practice facility is kind of like this little island in the middle of the parking lot for metlife stadium so there just isn't a lot of give in certain places to stand but i was thinking that the falcons facility since it's about an hour outside atlanta in a suburban area and they've got this vast expanse where they even have dormitories back there and there's that really big hillside so i was thinking if you were like socially distanced you could stand on different places in the hillside and since there's a little bit of elevation there you could still have a pretty decent view uh, that hillside, I think, is normally for fans, but if there weren't, weren't fans at camp, then, you know, reporters could go there. And the other one that stood out immediately was, I guess, the Steelers, since they, um, since they can't go away as they normally do, um, they will be at Heinz Field. And that struck me as being a pretty, yeah, a stadium situation would be great because you could just go anywhere and watch and not f- be close to other other people. I like that idea. Now, would you... Um, would you want to sit with, with other people or if you have the entire stadium to choose from, would you be like, um, um, oh, what's the guy, you know, like a little kid when he's got his own movie theater and you'd want to sit somewhere like exotic, you know? I mean, I think it would depend who the options were. Like, I'd love to sit about 10 feet away from you, Connor, but uh, <laughs> maybe there's others I wouldn't want to be A little more within. than six feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you know, just like an extra, extra buffer. Sure, so that everyone yeah. Doesn't I'm a spitter. Feel. I know that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to like, I mean, I, would no, not, no, no. I just thought that was the closest that I would really want anyone. Um, 
But, uh, but you know, maybe there's other people you wouldn't mind being on the opposite side of the stadium from. But yeah. that seemed like a pretty ideal setup because also the stadium locker rooms are bigger for the player safety. Like, that's what I've just been wondering, too, is like some of these facilities, you know, the locker rooms are really tight quarters. And so they're going to have to build out some other areas for players to change anyway. And I know as media, we're not allowed in the locker rooms. I'm just thinking about if you're u- utilizing a place it seems like the teams that are at a stadium, you know, I guess the Patriots, their facilities at their stadium and same with the Bengals. So I, th- I guess anyone where you're at the stadium, um, uh, whether or not you're using the stadium field would be, a, would be a better situation for the team. Yeah. Before we started taping, we were talking about Wofford and I just remember, uh, you know, in Carolina, like that felt like you were in the middle of a cast iron skillet covering practice, you know, and while they did have the vast hillside, it was not as uh, spread out as the one in Atlanta, right? Where it would almost feel like, you know, you could just picture like a tidal wave of Corona waving, rolling downhill on that one, but they're not, they're done with Wofford, right? So they're not, they're not going there anymore. Right. I guess everyone has to be at their home site this year where there's a little bit more control. So, but yes, you, I mean, you just can imagine like, it's not, this is not based on science, but just wouldn't it feel like the coronavirus would just kind of hang and get stuck in the air more easily at a place like Wofford. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Again, based on zero science, it just feels like that would be the case. Yeah. You know, I think it's just one of those things where we all need to accept the fact that, and and this is where I would challenge teams a little bit because I think there are, are part of, you know, every public relations director in the NFL that is probably giddy about this, not because of, you know, uh, what's going on with uh, the world and obviously people being, you know, sick and and unhealthy and all that kind of stuff, but the fact that there's going to be so much less stress on them to wrangle player interviews, you know, the or whether they're going to do it virtually or just, you know, a few of these easily manageable large group settings. I mean, you know, that is the give from us. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're relinquishing access for the betterment of safety this year. But I think that the return for us and for fans would be to make your training camp practices a little bit more acceptable or accessible and a little bit more open. Like, you know, maybe you have somebody perched up there on the all 22 in your broadcasting practice, you know, and, and let people watch it on a, on a closed circuit or something like that, where, you know, there still can be a, a closeness and an identity with the team, you know, don't do it. Don't put it behind a paywall to try to drive subscriptions or something like that. But just, you know, I'm sure there's a Steelers fan who has had a rough couple months and just wants to watch Steelers practice, you know, get him a good view of Steelers practice. Let them watch the whole thing. Like the reporters are allowed to watch the the whole thing i'm fine with that as long as there's sort of a give back because from a team access perspective uh, anything can be done now in the name of safety including restricting you know access to the players so right our understanding of the rules is that there will be a tier 2m for 10 media members who will be allowed to attend practice in a socially distanced manner with masks and interview the coach afterward in person but no in-person player interviews and then the rest of the media will be in a tier three which means no interview access um and so i think uh, just trying to think about i mean a 10 is a small number of people um 
to have to like find a spot for them to watch practice but it's definitely going to be an interesting situation and I do think there will be a push from coaches to have as little uh, recorded or as little reported on as possible I've heard it likened a little bit to during the lockout where they said, well, we didn't have the off season to work on things like installs, et cetera. And, you know, in the off season, only a handful of the OTA practices would be open. So they feel like they haven't had the chance to get in that work. And so I think in their minds, this is a chance to kind of limit what reporters can report on from the sessions that are open, assuming they're also closed and then, um, close to fans. And then, uh, basically saying we need this extra time to prepare for the season. So I think there is going to be an interesting push pull Connor. Yeah. And you know, let's always remember, let's also remember, I mean, you know, we are what uh, we're taping this on the 13th, which means we're realistically what two weeks out from the opening of training camp. Um, our Emma Baccarelli tweet, tweeted yesterday, uh, let's check in on some baseball news from USA Today's website. Here are the top five headlines. Roldis Chapman tests positive for coronavirus. Cam Gallagher tests positive for coronavirus. Michael Kopech out for the 2020 season. Buster Posey opts out because of coronavirus. Russell Westbrook just tested positive for coronavirus. We got a long way to go, you know, and uh, no matter how safe or how normal any of this feels, I mean, you know, it's just uh, I, I feel like we're, we're heading towards a situation where uh, if we're not creative, if we're not careful, you know, we're going to be in the same situation that baseball, basketball, you know, golf just eliminated fans for the rest of the season. Um, the Ivy League, the Patriot League canceled sports. There's no high school Texas football this year, you know, and so it's kind of like, you know. Uh, where do we fit in all this uh, as the NFL about to unveil this sort of earth shattering plan that is going to make all the rest of the world, uh, the leagues in America think, man, I wish we thought of that. I doubt it, you know? And so, you know, here we are, but I don't know. I think it's one of those things where we're, I feel un- unprepared just because, you know, we're, we're still talking two weeks out, you know, but putting out our great football preview issue, our fantasy football preview issue. And it's like, we, we still have no idea what's what's next, really, what's next. And, you know, I guess our, our friends that have been covering baseball and basketball know this a little bit better than us. But, man, I mean, we're we're heading down the pike to some interesting times here, I think. Yeah, yeah. And just to clarify something I said earlier, there are no fans allowed at camp, but teams can have two fan events at stadiums. So I'm not quite sure what that entails, right? If that means like a fan practice where you could allow people in with strict protocols. So that's why I was kind of allowing for some wiggle room there. Um, I don't know all of the details as it pertains to that. But there are still, as Connor, you said, a lot of questions unanswered. So we have the protocols unclear exactly for what the season will be we have a washington team that is being renamed but hasn't been renamed yet so doesn't really feel like we're two weeks away from when training camps are allegedly supposed to open connor it feels like there's a lot more up in the air maybe than uh we're we're acknowledging i know this time two years ago we were putting the finishing touches on the training camp tour we were renting the car booking the flights down to Jacksonville, um, looking up a lovely seaside restaurant to have uh, uh, tacos and burritos on our first night of camp. And, and here we are now. What, how, how the times have changed. Yeah, a lot has changed. Uh, you know, we're moving in uh, interesting directions on a lot of different fronts. But um, like we said earlier, you know, it's 
at least there's progress in some areas like the team name but uh fair to fair to put it in context and have a little further discussion so that's right um so we'll be back later this week on thursday and in the meantime hit us at weeksidepod at gmail.com it's been a little quiet in there the last couple weeks and i do know that we have a couple emails that we have to respond to so we will get back to some of you folks but continue to write in so we can have another mailbag episode coming up soon and in the meantime we will see you on thursday the mmqb weekside podcast is me jenny brentis and connor Orr. we are produced by shelby royston si's executive producer of podcasts is scott brody ben eagle is director of editorial projects and product mark marivic is emeritus executive director of the mmqb Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.